Welcome to Prima's 2023 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Senior Director of Education and Training at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Lizette Osborne will discuss the application of the Texas Enterprise Risk Management Guidelines. Lizette is the Preparedness Grants Management Manager at the Texas Health and Human Services Commission. We will also be joined by Prima's Education Coordinator, Taekwon Gilbert. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Lisette. Thanks for having me. Very welcome. So to start, tell us a bit about how the COVID-19 pandemic brought you to Texas Health and Human Services as the first ever occupational health nurse and program director. Sure. Well, I've been a public health nurse for about 30 years. Don't tell anybody. About 30 years working in local health departments. And for the past eight years, I worked with the Texas Department of State Health Services in emergency preparedness and response. The COVID-19 pandemic response was draining on much of the public health workforce and pandemic response fatigue saw a lot of movement and change in personnel. In an effort to protect employees, Texas Health and Human Services pulled together a process to receive and review reports of employees who were symptomatic or who had tested positive for COVID-19 and from those reports to determine if a workplace exposure had occurred and what the mitigation strategy might be. This process was conducted using existing staff who set aside their day-to-day responsibilities to take on other duties as assigned. At about the one-year mark of the pandemic, the physician who was conducting clinical reviews recommended creating a position for an occupational health nurse and a director to take over those clinical reviews so that they could go on to their day-to-day work and for that occupational health nurse to head up the the process of, of conducting those reviews. So I responded to the job posting, and here I am. You've been a public health nurse for a number of years, but this is your first role in occupational health. Where did you start with your program design, and how did you come across the Texas Enterprise Risk Management Guidelines? As to program design, I had some very basic foundational thoughts, but I knew I needed to flesh them out. So I started first by doing some research into what exactly occupational health is and isn't. I needed to educate myself as well as educate those I was working with and those in leadership positions, because what I quickly learned was that the term occupational health meant different things to different people. So first, I had to define what occupational health is. It is a subset of public health, which I know well. And to clarify, public health promotes and protects the health of populations of people and their communities, as opposed to a healthcare practitioner who focuses on a single patient. And in the case of occupational health, The focus is on primary prevention of workplace-related illness and injury and the promotion of activities such as education and training to bring awareness to employees on personal prevention strategies. Occupational health, in my world, is not an employee wellness program, although there certainly is some overlap, and in a program that might include a health clinic, it might be appropriate to include an employee wellness program. It is not nutritious eating or increased physical activity, also known as diet and exercise. It is not preventative screenings like blood pressure checks or blood sugar checks or cholesterol screening. It is not a tobacco cessation program or a stress reduction program through yoga classes. So once I had this definition of occupational health is and isn't, 
I still floundered on how to fit this into the big picture of risk management. I mean, it does make sense. I just needed a nudge to be able to fit the pieces together, which turned out to be a serendipitous meeting. So here I am at my first risk management conference, the Prima conference held in San Antonio this past June, and I sat in on a roundtable discussion about risk management programs. I'm a huge proponent of networking, so after identifying myself as a total newbie to risk management, I asked the group to help me understand how an occupational health program fits into the risk management arena. It turns out Stephen Bulbrick, the executive director for the Texas State Office of Risk Management, was sitting right in front of me. Stephen turns to me, pulls out his phone, and pulls up the Texas State Office of Risk Management website where the recently launched Texas Enterprise Risk Management Guidelines was featured on the home page. I came back to the office, I pulled it back up, and I delved into the guidelines to learn more and to find the fit for the occupational health program I envisioned. So how was the guidance document organized? Well, first let me tell listeners where to find the document. The website is SORM, S-O-R-M, the acronym for State Office of Risk Management, S-O-R-M.state.tx.us. I also want to say that the guidelines are helpful for someone new to risk management, but also very validating to someone seasoned in risk management or just validating that you're on the right track in your thought process regarding your program. As to the document organization, the document is very easy to navigate and is divided into sections and subsections. Sections include enterprise risk, with the subsections providing an overview of risk, a risk management framework, the enterprise risk process, and a risk management organizational structure. Then the next section is on risk transfer, and that breaks down into subsections of risk financing, risk transfer and insurance, liability exposures, contractual exposure, and the Texas Tort Claims Act. There are sections devoted to workers' compensation and continuity of operations planning. The sections titled hazards include subsections on hazard identification and analysis, components of a hazard inspection program, hazard reporting, development of a hazardous materials management program, and a discussion of personal protective equipment. The longest section is the one I was most interested in, employee safety and health. This section includes subsections with which discuss program management, program roles and responsibilities, education and training, development of a safety manual, occupational health resources, direct and indirect costs, job safety analysis, incident reporting, incident investigation review and analysis. And then the guidelines wrap up with a section on entity operations, which includes subsections focused on human resources, the return to work program, ethics, property conservation, and record management. At a deeper level, each subsection includes four discussion areas, context, approach, application, and resources. Context describes the scope, nature, and impact of risk. Approach summarizes the best practices in addressing risk. Application lists the steps of how the process is completed, and resources provide links to useful resources and websites. The document provides something for everyone focused on risk management. 
It provides guidance, but without being prescriptive, which allows users to obtain direction with the latitude of tailoring a program to meet their individual needs. Once you had the foundation provided by the Texas Enterprise Risk Management Guidelines, how did you move forward in designing an occupational health program? I mentioned earlier I had to do some research on what occupational health is and isn't and broadly communicate that to others. The other important aspect of this program is to know that I am a team of one with roughly 40,000 employees located across the state of Texas. So I needed to set program boundaries and determine the scope of the program. Would it encompass everything related, reviews of reports of illness other than COVID-19, clinical services, wellness activities, and reviews of in, and investigations of health-related accidents and injuries? I also had to decide what program success would look like. As employee reports of COVID-19 symptoms and illness began to wane, I looked at higher level impact for the program. And as a team of one, I would not be able to provide direct services for all agency employees. We do have several folks within our risk management group who conduct employee ergonomic assessments and manage our workers' compensation program and return-to-work programs. So I focused on more of the 30,000-foot vision for the program. And here's what I landed on. The program would have a focus on agency policy and procedure, analysis of proposed relevant legislation, collaboration and consultation with human resources, the Office of Chief Counsel, and our business services, both centrally and in the Texas Health and Human Services Regional Offices located across the state, development and maintenance of stakeholder relationships, provision of consultation on workers' compensation claims from a medical perspective, family medical leave, and reasonable accommodation requests, and development and provision of skills training and education and program evaluation through a review of statistics and program activities. What do you believe are some of the key components of program design? I think before you design a program, you have to ask the why of why the program should exist. What is the benefit to the agency, the employees, and other stakeholders? What really is the value added? And once you answer the question of why the program exists, then you can move on to the how portion of, of what, what your goals and objectives will be for the program. One of the key components that seems to be left out of the formative stage of any program design is evaluation. It's sort of a tacked on at the end of, of putting a program together. It's important to decide from the beginning what that success will look like for the program and how often those pieces need to be evaluated. And finally, a key component to program design is knowing who you need to convince. Who do you need to sell this to, particularly in leadership, where the purse strings are, and to structure program goals and objectives in alignment with your agency mission. You jumped into this process only about six months ago. Where are you now? What is next on the horizon? This is a really good question. You know, a lot of things change, and a lot of things have changed over the past six months. With the pandemic making a downward curve, I've actually branched into multiple other areas of responsibility. Still, you know, really everything we do has a risk management component, and that's exactly what's what's going on with these added areas of responsibility that I have. My position has moved under a higher level of agency leadership, which now provides the latitude for a broader scope of roles 
And although I am still the occupational health nurse director, I'm also now the senior advisor for system support services, which includes programs such as regional administrative services, human resources, civil rights, risk management, and emergency preparedness and response. And to top it off, I'm serving as the legislative coordinator for system support services as we head into our next legislative session. In addition to occupational health-related consultations, my current focus is building security and communication pathways, two separate but very overlapping topics. Because they are so comprehensive, the Texas Enterprise Risk Management Guidelines are applicable to all of this work, regardless of the topic or program. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, view Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.